Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle and I'm the Vibrarian. My goal is to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information that I trust you will find positive and helpful to you along your way. I'm here every Thursday night on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio to have a conversation with you because I believe that knowledge is power. And so there are plenty of things that are mysterious and unknown in this world of ours, and I like to get on and have people join me for a conversation where we can explore these topics together. I like to think of it as a cross between Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and X-Files. We're trying to leave no stone unturned and no space unexplored. (laughs) So you can... Join me on this chit station every Thursday evening, and you can find it on the blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary. That's V as in vibe, I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. You can tune in and check out our broadcast schedule on Thursday evenings is the Vibrarian show, and on Tuesday evenings is the Psychic Inside show, and every week I interview a different psychic about how they came to discover their psychic gifts and abilities. So it's been quite a fascinating uh, list of people who've been appearing on the shows from week to week, but I'm having the most amazing time on this adventure out in cyberspace and online radio. Our show line is 646-668. 8988. You can give a call to listen live. And if you have a question at any time during the show or want to come on and make a point, an argument, a counterpoint, or uh, join in, please press the one key so that I'll know to bring you on the air. And then you can also connect with me on Facebook. I'm gathering a group of people that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. And you can find the Facebook community at The Vibrarian. And that's V as in Vibe, I-B-E as in Energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. And I'm always sharing articles that I think are interesting, uplifting pictures, things to make you smile and laugh, music to make you dance in your chair a little bit and maybe snap your fingers in the car on the way to work or as you're driving about in the evening time. So I'd love for you to join me there. And if you have anything that you want to share, please do so because we're all about spreading positivity. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, same at the Vibrarian handle in both spaces. So if you want to tweet something positive, if you see a picture on Instagram that you think is high vibe and should be shared, please tag me because I will get it out there and amplify that message. I'm here to spread the love as far and as wide as I can and spread knowledge too. So this evening, I wanted to just have a conversation about what is going on. I think it's really important that from week to week, we sit down and compare notes because what happens is we kind of get in this bubble of what the media tells us our reality is. And if you focus on that too long, you may figure out that 
the reality that's actually happening is not necessarily the reality that you're experiencing it. So I like to get on and compare notes with my friends and people who call into the show to say, did this happen to you? Did you notice that? Are you experiencing these similarities? Are there any synchronicities that are out there that we can kind of uh, move into a different understanding of our reality instead of the one that is being given to us? So as you know, we've just come through, um, well, we're still in the eclipse energy, but um, we experienced the August eclipses on August 4th and August 21st, the lunar eclipse and then the solar eclipse right behind it. And we're kind of ending now, the, there's about, a, I believe, a 30 to 45 day period after a lunar eclipse when that energy is still uh, available and, and affecting us. And the lunar eclipse deals with seeing things that were previously hidden inside of ourselves and in our emotional being. And the solar eclipse, then the energy from that can last up to six months. So uh, we're kind of winding down the personal revelation period of time and getting ready to kick full blast into the, okay, now what are the external things that have been revealed by this eclipse season and moving forward with that. So I know that me personally, I'm really, really excited about what this time has in store for us and actually what's unfolding for me personally and the people around me is actually quite interesting. Um, I can't say as I could run down a list of, well, X happened, Y happened, Z happened, and this is fabulous. It's more of a feeling of anticipation. Um, I did a lot of uh, manifestation and release meditations and things of that nature in the period of August, uh, getting ready for it and moving with the energies that were being presented. And so it was, you know, um, a, a energetically tiring month, I will definitely say, uh, for me overall. But it was a good kind of tired <laughs> because I felt like I was really doing a lot of work. Now, will I be sad to see that energy kind of go and maybe get into a more stable place? I can't say as I will be sad because there were some days when I felt like I really just couldn't even get out of bed. So um, what I had read told me that you need to honor yourself, and if your body is telling that you are tired, then you need to just go ahead and catch that rest. And um, if you're feeling uh, maybe you had body symptoms like colds or even feeling a little just like under the weather, maybe pressure in your head, things, headaches, body aches, all those I've seen in many forums that people were saying that this is part of the solar energy that was streaming at us in a major way. Uh, through the solar gateway, uh, the lion's gate on August 8th, that it was actually upgrades that we were receiving to our light body, our energetic version of ourselves. And so I definitely resonate with that as a reality. And I've got a couple callers who called in this evening that I'm going to bring on the air and see if we could compare some notes here. So let me see here. Hello there. How are you? It is for me. Hey. Yes. Hey. How hey, are Marcus. you? Marcus, I'm welcome good. to the show. I'm so glad you were able to call in. 
And I wanted to touch base with me. Let's see, we have another caller on the air here. See who we have if we're talking to. Is this Monica? And you know it. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show this evening. I want to talk to you about your August. Marcus, how was your August? Did you have any energetic highs or lows or experience any magic? Was it kind of run of the mill? What's going on for you? Actually, um, August was pretty easy, and I really had no issues, no no trouble, no drama. The start of Mercury and retrograde was fine. Uh, everything was actually pretty great until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and yesterday was the beginning of, uh, as they say, poop hitting the fan, and it, it was just, <laughs> it was, it was ridiculously crazy. Yesterday was just um, uh, amazing and strange, but um, I have been pretty good. I've, I've been getting my rest, and um, I've been grounding and protecting myself, you know, with the keeping my crystals around and, and burning some sage here and there, and I've been doing really good, and then um, a mutual friend uh, of ours, uh, you know, had uh, someone, um, I won't say a death in the family, but it was a death uh, through mm-hmm. uh, someone that he was close with, and um, oh. and he made a phone call and asked for folks to come by because, you know, being in this situation, he didn't know what to do, and I had been there before and met the people that stayed there and stuff. It was one of the ladies who stayed there that passed yesterday. And immediately upon getting there, I got out the car, I started walking towards the house, and it felt like there was just a vice grip wrapped around my forehead, and it was just squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. And the closer I got to the house, the worse it got. And it was just crazy. It was I mean, I, I couldn't breathe, and it, it got to the point where I had to leave and go outside. And then I left and went outside. Mm-hmm. I came back in. Someone gave me some pain pills, and that didn't work. And then I left again and went outside. Another buddy of, of ours, uh, you know, mentioned he had some sippy sippy in the trunk. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go outside for a while. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I tried that and, and I went back inside. And it was just like I kept feeling all of these people. And I was like, a lot of people must have passed in this house or something. It's crazy. And and I couldn't really even see, and I saw her body before the coroner came and took her away and stuff. It was just, it was horrible. But yesterday was just so, it was so crazy and deep. I think when I finally got home, I laid down, and I, I literally slept like a brick and couldn't move until the next day. And then I had to drag myself out of the bed and, you know, uh, get myself functioning for what I had to do today. And then I came back home and went back to sleep on the couch and just took naps. And I've been napping. I've just been drained and really, really mm-hmm. tired. You know, it was just crazy. And I'm like, now I, I'm feeling this Mercury and retrograde and, and, you know, we having this, this, this solar eclipse and all this stuff is going on and it's like spirit is really high. All this was really good to me until yesterday. <laughs> mm. Did you go watch the eclipse anywhere? Did you go to the totality, or were you here? In no, I was actually um, I was actually on my way back from Michigan. I went home that weekend for uh, a family trip to Cedar Point, and then we my high school reunion Woo-hoo. picnic was that Sunday. 
And so uh, that Monday I was actually going to the airport to fly back home. So I saw some of it from the airport, you know, before we got on the plane. And then as we got in the air, you know, we couldn't really see it anymore. It had already, you know, taken place by then. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, that um, that vice grip around the head experience, on the eclipse day, I definitely, when I was outside, I felt like the barometric pressure, like a storm front kind of was moving in. I guess my head mm-hmm. sometimes was like a, a weather vane, but I felt in in my head just this pressure down my neck and um, like somebody was blowing a balloon up in my head on that day. And I really was very much, you know, excited about the eclipse. And I've been kind of looking at my physical symptoms throughout the month because many of the things that I had read were definitely talking about that, Um, you know, in terms of being ready, drinking lots of water, Resting and grounding yourself was very, very important. So I did walk around barefoot in the grass, and I was at a workshop the weekend of the eclipse where we were hugging a tree. <laughs> we were all standing around in the grass hugging a tree or things. Wow. And I did several meditations, so I believe that that, that did help. But, um, it, you know, what you experienced in that particular incident is kind of how I've had days coming and going for the last 30 days or so. Monica, did you experience any energetic uh, in your body feelings in the last month? Yeah, most definitely. I couldn't, I couldn't describe it, and it was more like an up and down, but my creativity kind of kicked into another level. And I, it was just I had to get everything off. It was, you know, off my chest, even in my writing. Um, I noticed that when I was journaling that my writing changed, the style changed a couple different times. And um, just physically I was just, one moment I was tired, just, just so tired and so fed up. And then the next moment, moment it was like, okay, this is all right. And then... The eclipse, the day of the eclipse, you know, I try to get myself in grounded and to make sure I'm in the right place mentally. And I have to admit, on that day, um, it was beautiful for me because it was like everything just started to kind of melting. Literally, you know, things I thought about, you know, things that I allowed to block me just, you know, just started melting. And I was like, okay, so, yeah, this is what this energy is about, you know what I mean? And I I couldn't understand the up and down, but that day it kind of somewhat made everything okay and worth it, you know, just to feel that kind of um, joy. And I was weepy, you know what I mean? It's just so Mm -hmm. thankful and so humbled, you know, like, wow, I'm here um, I'm living just in this moment, you know, and it was a point of me putting myself in that place of just being in that moment and being so appreciative of where the journey has taken me, even to this particular point. You know, I never, you know, knew about eclipses and never truly understood the jargon of, you know, the connecting of the universe and that day, everything kind of just like, boom, here it is. (laughs) 
Here it is. Mm-hmm. This is what you were wondering about and how everything correlated with everything else. Here it is. So to me it was exciting and I kind of just went with the emotional roller coaster that I felt right. I was on because it just it just felt like this was the time for it all to just you know how you've been taking that deep breath for a minute and you're waiting for that moment to exhale and exhale mm-hmm. rather. And that's what I felt like a Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get right. it. And even um you know, I I go through moments where I'm like, Okay, is this real or is this not or is this me trying to manifest? And it was another moment where the universe kinda sat down and said, Hey, yeah, that would be you and I. So, um <laughs> we rocking this, you know, just you know, every once in a while you need that reminder. This is your reminder, hey. <laughs> You're okay, even in the midst of what you you think is chaos. We got you. So it was um, lovely well, for me to you know lovely. Well, I'm cer- I'm certainly excited. You know, but I've been excited for years because life is one big adventure to me. But um, this, I definitely have felt this 2017 year of in- of the the completion of last year's endings. And the preformative phase for our new beginning of the one numerology year. Um, so, you know, I've had this real kind of excitement. Like, I know something awesome is coming next. I know that seeds that I have planted are going to be emerging, and I'm really excited. And of course, Marcus, you know, Libra season's coming up, so that's always like a happy new year. Oh, yeah. In terms it's of, be like, of how oh, yeah. I. <laughs> 1999. <laughs> right, right. So. It's quite exciting for for me in general, but I've been really excited to be awake and doing work on a constant basis on myself. And I have read, and uh, I have to giggle a little bit because sometimes when I'm talking with friends and people, I'll say, well, they they are saying that blah, 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 blah. And one of my friends is always like, who are they? Who are the they that you're talking about? Like, you know, I'm not going to just accept your word of some mysterious they. That's kind of like anonymous sources, you know, an unnamed source in the White House is saying. But I have to say that I read so much and I listen to so much. I go, you know, I'm a professional librarian in my old life. And so the quantity and the way that I can review information is probably much faster and more in-depth than a person who's not been a a trained researcher. So I'm going through volumes and volumes and volumes of information and then distilling it into the concepts as I interpret what I'm hearing and reading. So, you know, I will try to often go back and cite sources on my Facebook page so that I can at least point out some of the more significant articles that I read. But when messages are coming from all corners, from uh, YouTubers, from uh, Facebook notes and posts, from articles on, on conscious news sites. It's hard to boil it down to any one person who is delivering a message. And the consensus in the arenas that I'm in 
is that this was a very, very big portal with the eclipses and that there was a shift in our future trajectory that was known that it was coming because when we get through these eclipse alignments, there was certain energy from the way the sun was aligning with the Sirius and that this was bringing in a new energy that was going to affect all of us globally. Solar eclipses are our external reality. And it was very significant that this one happened over North America because in many ways North America has been, quote, unquote, or air quotes, the leader of the free world. I mean, we know that that's very subjective, but as America goes, we drag a lot of the world with us in terms of our consumer desires. We move economies. Our ability to consume moves economies up or down depending on how well we are thriving economically. Um, But they said it was very important that it happened here in North America because what we are experiencing is a shift between the 3D regular um, matrix mindset of the strife, the lack, the struggle, the war, the conflict, the separation, Mm -hmm. and the 5D reality, which is one of all is one. There is no separation. The universe is abundant and joyous. And so Mm -hmm. their basic thing is that we are splitting. And the difference between the high and the low is going to become much, much, much more evident in the coming months as this six months of eclipse energy plays out. And that it really was important for you to know kind of where you aligned meaning that, you know, are you feeling happy in your life and your purpose? Are you passionately engaged or are you depressed and feeling trapped and stressed out by the news and the current events that are around you? And, you know, I definitely can say that I experienced that in a very personal way because, I you know, I have a very – kind of rather observant media diet. I don't watch a lot of news, and when I do dip my toe into the pool, I I really am affected by the negativity that's going on. So I tend to insulate myself from that energy, but I am not unaware of or unconcerned about what is going on, but I'm not getting in the anger response um, in a depressed and sad and sorrow response by the things that I do observe. Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I I can, as a, a writer, and even I see it in even in my writing, whereas there is when I look at you know I'm a writer that that likes to dive into social consciousness and raising it higher, and for me, it was definitely significant that it came across North America, 
and in parallel of what we're going through on a social basis of fighting the same fight, repeating it over and over and over again. And for me, that's what the eclipse kind of gave me a glimpse into understanding that, you know, it it, it was time. When you said that America is that uh, that global leader and looked at in that way, I look at the diverse makeup, the mosaic that actually lives here on this land, and we're the most diverse society globally, period, and yet we're still fighting somewhat that that same base foundation that developed this country as far as, you know, that hatred and that racism and the discrimination and different mm-hmm. things like that. And it was time for, and it's, we we should have been put this down. We should have been solved this. We have science that has stepped in and said, you know, this is not true. This is what is true. But yet we're still fighting this structured code, for lack of, of a better word, of how we should live, who we should be, what we should like, what we shouldn't like. And now in the diverse things that are happening and happening here in this mosaic, in the diversity that we live in is significant in showing us the evolution of what we will be. And we have to shed off all that old. So, again, for it to show itself just for us, I look at how blessed but also part of that awakening that is happening, you know, we've got to confront old issues in order to put them down. You know what I mean? So many things have been hidden. So many people have been hurting, you know, whether or not they're hurting silently or verbally or in, you know, showing it in different physical reactions. It's time for all of this judge judgment to go and to me to see my neighbor and not worry about whether or not I consider myself colorblind or not. What I am is very visible of the human that stands next to me, that lives next to me, that I encounter every day. You know, and understanding in that universal language that that person may have a message for me or this may be a connection that I need to make or, mm-hmm. you know, this person may be sad and just this simple hello and a smile regardless of what constructed ideologies control our social environment, I'm going to step out and give that, give my smile or my joy to someone else and truly believe that and live it and walk it. So why not the universe give us a special kind of kiss or a wink in an eclipse to tell us, yeah, this is the evolution this is this is what you're supposed to do. I know it seems like it's chaotic, you don't understand, but at the end of this, boy, wait till you know, wait till you see what you are going to evolve into. So I, I you know, there is so much negativity and like you said, just pushing that positivity in it like what does this show? You know, what is invisible what we didn't see is now visible. Now we can discuss it and talk about it and finally put it to bed. So it's just that's I think that's the joy that I find 
in everything that's going on, even in learning new things with, you know, with you, the vibrarian, and interconnecting with the tribe to see, to hear different experiences and see different things and to understand, no, I'm just as normal as the next person. And I'm just, and we, and I am no better, no worse, no left or no right. I'm just right here, you and I, you know what I mean? Let's make that connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, I hear so much stuff about computers. Let's let's link up on a network and then see how quickly we can advance in the evolution of our minds, which our bodies will follow. Hmm. Now, one of the people who I listen to Every time she publishes something, her YouTube channel is Magenta Pixie. And what she receives are messages from her guidance, which she has given the name the White-Winged Collective Consciousness of Nine, because um, a lot of times when certain energies that are not human, that are, say, what we would call extraterrestrial or extradimensional, there seems to be a common theme that they don't have a name structure like we have names. So uh, it's more concept names rather than specific names. And a couple of the people Mm who have been on the Psychic Inside show also kind of speak to that. But through her writings and the things that she has released, I, I read her book, Masters of the Matrix. And in it, it basically is that we are living in a construct, a program, mm-hmm. if you will, that has been crafted to have a specific outcome. And in our reality, there are two indicators. Are you a service to self? structure or organism or are you service to others or structure or organism and that in this this computer kind of programming idea of the matrix um, that it's almost like it has been infected with a virus in that the natural order that could have manifested within the earth matrix was tampered with. And I bring this up because you mentioned in there, should, we should have been able to get over this by now. We should have been beyond that by now. We should have. And I challenge that word because if you look at our reality that is manifested in terms of inequality and absolute separation on every kind of point that you can make, gender separation, racial separation, age separation, class separation. It is actually functioning as it should from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not as, you know, we're saying that from the human, like the kumbaya side of things would be to say, well, how could I not see this person as my brother or as my sister Mm -hmm. or another me? How could I not Mm -hmm. see that if I have food to eat, I should give it to someone, share it with someone who does not have food? Mm -hmm. So to me, those are indicators that you would be a service to others program 
versus mm-hmm. a service to self-structure who would say, what can I get from this? Of course I'm not sharing with them. I earned this. It's mine. You know, or as they said in that Charlottesville uh, riot, you will not replace us. You know what I'm saying? That was their little chant, and it was showing that they're feeling these people. It's like me, 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 and then all the me's mm-hmm. got together and changed to us, 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 rather than uh, we kind of we mindset. Right. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes that can be an evolution, too, because I can see, you know, I'm not going to, you know, in being completely honest with myself, I've had my tiki torch moment, and I still have my tiki torch moment within, you know I mean, my community, when it comes to my culture. I've had that moment, and it was a process, I felt, for me to blow that torch out and realize it's not about just me or my culture. It's about all of us. And it it literally was an evolution. I think that when you're trying to understand, you know, for me, I look at it, I was, I got an advantage because of the gift and the environment that I had and was raised in that I could, you know, that I got even in the midst of it, I was able to get that teaching that said, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. But that doesn't say I didn't, I didn't give that, I didn't ride on that boat, you know, and that's the whole thing. I think when we get into, you know, frustration and stress, you know, it's the what about me moment. And it's about, you know, how, how am I going to be successful? How am I, what is this, what is, what's in it for me? And like I said, for me, it was truly a process in flipping back and forth before I realized this was never, <laughs> it was never somewhat about you. You know what I mean? It was, again, you know, like you said, falling in under that particular category, but I don't feel like we're, for my journey, it was just a little. It was a little different because I can't say I, you know, I straddled that fence for a very long time. You know, it's probably age that helped me get there. You know what I mean? But it was in experiences, but I still straddled it. You know what I mean? And not understanding that in service to others, I service myself. I don't know if I say And that. I will say, I will say this though. See, that's where one of the tricks is, right? So, when we talk about uh-huh. service to others, the creator consciousness is expressing itself in you or I as an individual. So we start with the I am, right? Mm-hmm. We right. are right. individual. We have. A, we are sovereign. And we are creating our own reality, so it's it's kind of a hard tightrope to manage only because the way our societal construct pushes the I am over into a more negative expression of it. Meaning, Ooh, I like that example. Ooh, go ahead, girl. You know I like that one. <laughs> tightrope. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a tightrope because we, if we weren't having the external pressures, like if you're on a tightrope and there's not a gust of wind blowing you constantly, if you're in still air, optimal condition, you know, conditions, and hopefully only two or three inches off the ground. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so let's not be crazy. Off the tightrope. <laughs> then there's no harm to you. That would be the ideal way that our world would have existed. But if you are walking a tightrope with uh, gusts of wind, rain, elevated to a level to where it's dangerous to you should you fall off or make a misstep, and then you're carrying the weight of other things that aren't necessarily supposed to be put on to you is your responsibility, it causes pressure within the I am kind of uh, framework that our brain, uh, our biologic brain reptilian center survival instinct and the powers that be that set up this matrix know that. Like the quickest way to get someone in a fear or negative is to mess with their money because in the United States, money is what makes your or breaks you. You can be under the bridge in a heartbeat if your economic ability is um, disrupted. Right? Exactly. But there really yes, is so much abundance out there that none of us should have to be like that to where it's a life or death uh, situation for us whether we can find employment. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, other countries that you go to outside the United States, I know many happy people that I met in Mexico that all they had was a backpack on their back and a ukulele. Okay, and they were going down the countryside and they were playing their ukulele for pesos and they were happy and, you know, I'm sure they were smoking their weed when they were out there camping on the beach, living in the hammock as they walked their way down through uh, Central and South America, right? But in the United States, if you wind up kind of opting for that nomad lifestyle, it's a lot harsher conditions on you because we don't have a lot of tolerance for people who are, quote, air quote, homeless or not employed. We judge that and say, oh, they're useless to society. What kind of problem are you? You're a taker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hate that word, right? So, Well, that's called our constructed matrix. Right. So to our credit, you know, it's really hard when your your stability is being messed with for you to want to reach out and then give the person next to you or the guy at the uh, intersection who's begging your last $5 when you know that, you yes, you have a paycheck coming, but you got to wait for it to drop on Friday and you can't give him $5, right? So it's like right. artificial construction in our reality. But you know, distraction. Distraction. In her, yeah. Right. Weapons I call it what WMPs all the time. I've been calling it that for years. Weapons of mass distraction. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. come back to your I am and realize that I am sovereign and I can determine my reality at any given time and I can use the law of attraction to then create what I wish to see, and uh, Magenta Pixie talks about putting in an antivirus 
kind of framework in the way that you view reality that then you will kind of be like Neo where you see the ones and the O's now dropping out around you in the programming. And you see the woman in the red dress as she's walking down before she assassinates you because you've kind of taken the blue pill or the red pill, I forget which one it is, and now you're outside of the matrix. And you can see the matrix in operation, and then you become less energetically affected by the gameplay of the matrix. And then you can help other people by the way that you are now living within the reality when they see you living in that way and not as affected or kind of differently? Like, where's your peace coming from? How is it that this is happening and you're not, you know, turning over tables? And then that gives you an opportunity to show them a light that then illumines in them and they can also then find their way out of the matrix, if you will. I thought of red blood cells. When you when you gave that analogy, I thought of red blood cells. You know how, you know, in speaking of a virus attacking a body, you know, and the way they find out is that the white blood cell count. Well, no, it didn't. No, it's the white blood cells. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's not the red ones, because it's the white blood right. cells that increase that signals that the body is fighting something. So the soldiers mm-hmm. start to, you know, start to stand up and start to multiply in order to fight whatever it is that has invaded the body that is causing the issue. And in that same analogy of her saying that a virus was injected into the matrix, I think of the body has a way of protecting itself. And if we look at, then I thought about, you know, religion, you know, I remember, you know, back in Christ, you know, in Christianity in my days, that they would say, you know, this is how you show the God in you. You know, they'll look at you and see that, you know, you are persevering through your storms, and you can tell them that's because of my belief in God, and you know, different things like that. But then you said something very interesting. You said using laws of attraction. And there goes our issue. A lot of us, we don't know. A lot of that information has been closed off or considered restrictive or um, evil that people don't know what it is. Some people do it naturally, and some people have to practice. You know, I, everybody in my family could play basketball. Even though I had the height, I was the clumsiest chick on the court. You know what I mean? I just couldn't do it. And I, my brothers would be in the backyard like, Munch, please just concentrate. <laughs> and I would get so frustrated. They would get so frustrated with me until I got to a point was like, and the first time that I had to truly show my skills and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to do, I was like, nope, I'm not doing this again. This is mm-hmm. not That's for me. That's like me and my family. We, we, we had an issue with uh... – Everybody had some talent. My mom was a phenomenal, not was, but my mom is a phenomenal singer. And, mm-hmm. and she was known throughout the whole family as the one who could sing. And me being the oldest child, it was like, well, you better be able to sing. And I'm like, well, why am I put in this position? You know, and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, my brother rapped and this one did that. And, you know, I, I found out my, my sister was really gifted. And I'm just like, okay, so, I, I you know, I... 
always felt to myself and alone, you know, even though I mm-hmm. had family around yep. me, I, I spent time by myself, you know, because that mm-hmm. was me learning in me. And I mm-hmm. experienced my deja vu and all this stuff. And, yeah, I can sing, but mm-hmm. that wasn't my gift, you know. Right. And, and, that, and I that's think how where... I learned about my gift was, was doing the same thing, just spending, spending time to myself and discovering what it was that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Because even though everyone was like, oh, you got a beautiful voice, it was like, yeah, that's nice, but, you know, that's not what that we do in the morning, you know. <laughs> I feel I completely, totally feel you because I – was experiencing the same thing, and it took me to be older to get, you know, to to get into certain information and to get that experience to realize, yep, those weren't, I could do it, you know what I mean, and it was not a problem, and I could be good at it, but that's not what I I wanted to do. I still couldn't, it was still kind of trying to fit in, even though I... Mm -hmm. I'd fit in a little bit, but I just didn't go all the way in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, yeah. you know what I mean, I might have had some ripples on the sides that didn't make me fit perfect, but I fit in. And it took mm-hmm. me a minute to understand why I didn't fit in and to pre- embrace why I didn't fit in. You know what I mean? And that's why I think, well, you know, well. we all have to go through that kind of evolution, especially those that are, gifted to come into certain families because it's like um, it's usually not I, I can't remember the statistics it's usually not like one generation behind a generation but it could be a couple generations before that one will pop up that's mm-hmm. truly gifted well, well one thing that I will say is that as I'm understanding Certain information is not released or aware in humanity until humanity is ready to receive it. So just like when we're in our teens, we're not ready to absorb and then uh, live the lessons that the next 30 years will show us to where we can then become different in our 40s, 30s, and 40s, it's like uh, that is same thing about, I guess, age-appropriate awareness, right, uh, to where humanity, things like the law of attraction, that was mm-hmm. not talked about, you know, emotional right. intelligence. That was a big thing of the 80s, like, you know, all the corporations started doing okay, you got to consider the emotional health of your working force, whereas 70 years ago, it was like if the people died on the job, they just didn't care. They'd roll them out the side of the building or let them burn up in the, in the, in the building when there was a fire in Chicago and New York mm-hmm. and places like that. So we've got a time now when, like, YouTube is the world's largest search engine. More content is uploaded in a day than since TV was created in terms of programming, right? So now we have accessibility of knowledge and the teaching such as the law of attraction, learning about like the law of, um, the law of prayer, the law of attraction, the law of karma, the law of, you know, all these kind of principles that are considered kind of new hat. People might have been using them but not now now there are widespread things that you hear about in 
everyday com- conversation for people to say, well, it's, I manifested it was- a new job or I manifested that or I practiced a lot of attraction and I received um, my new car through a lot of attraction. You hear that so much more now well, you than even it. 10 years ago. Well, mass production, and you're right, is the access to, you know, information. The You know, we our reality that our school systems are not teaching the correct information, and we also live in a pretty rigid society, religious society, that has already sanctioned off certain things. So, you know, and another big, huge thing is literacy. You know, we still are having issues with people who do know, do not know how to read. So it was, you know, it was the Internet itself gave us just a world of, a world that was closed to many, you know, and those who had the ability to obtain a higher education. Now that information is being pushed out as well as information that was restricted and was labeled as something different than what it is, now people are getting access to it. And it does. I don't have to worry about finding a book. Somebody can tell me. Right. So it's a beautiful thing. But I think it's more about well, the mass a, production. Well, I would say there's, I always am looking for, my favorite term is the poison pill, right? Because if you're aware that, okay, there is a constructed play that does not wish to seek for all to be in unity. If unity, you know, if your reality is that we are all aspects of the creator and there is no separation and the tree is as me, as the flower, as the horse, as the baby, as the... We are all just a different uh, putting together of creator energy, right? And the construct is working opposite that constantly to say that is not true or to veil or hide that true. So even in mass production and mass availability, that means there is mass opportunity for wrongful messaging, to be delivered just as easily as the rightful messaging. And I would also say that some of the most wisest teachings that we can trace back are from the indigenous societies across all continents that did not have writing before writing, reading and writing was introduced. They told stories to each other, and they talked about father, sky, mother, earth, brother, tree, brother, bear, sister, fish. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So exactly. yes, yes. the no, idea definitely. that literacy, I, I don't disagree that it's a problem in terms of societally in the United States per se, but in the larger sense of it, you don't need to be literate to know how to love Right. And very, and that is very true, very true. That's but true. When, very. We, when we look at civilized and conditioning, you know what I mean? If I put you in one environment, yes, I can, you know, in the basics of I love my family, I love my community, I love those who look just like me, 
You know what I mean? It's not saying that the person doesn't have a um, an underlining foundation or a foundation in love, but it still has been there. Still has has been constructed barriers around it of who you should and shouldn't love. And I think that's and, where we get, you know, and, and we even, look at civilized. You, when you say a, the nation, the, the, whoever is in power is who denotes the language that is universal. So granted, yes, some indigenous persons doesn't have to be able to read as long as they stay in their environment and in their mm-hmm. level. Once they come out of it, then they are forced into learning the culture or the environment in which they are in. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest, you know, that's a a, a huge argument with immigration. You know what I mean? Should you have to be a certain way or know certain things to be an American citizen? And for me, I messed around and took that test, and guess what? They just sent my butt back because I wasn't, according to that paper and that test, I didn't know nothing about America, and I thought I was quite educated. Mm. But in some of the things that they were learning, I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, okay. You know, I'm always referring to things, and one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And in it, he talks about the idea that as soon as we are born, we begin to be domesticated. So the young, innocent baby child learns from the cues of its parent, its parent's expressions and energy, if something is acceptable or unacceptable. Like, don't mm-hmm. pick your nose. Don't we? Don't do that. We, you know, all these kind of natural things that kids might, yet you know, the youngest of the young, babies and elderly people are the two freest of the pieces of society because the rules, quote unquote, are suspended for them. With babies, the right. rules are slowly put into place, and with elder people, the rules are slowly released. <laughs> okay, but. When you put a bunch of babies in a room with each other without, from different cultures, different races, they don't Mm -hmm. see any difference. They don't see anything. If you smile at a baby, a baby will smile back at you, right? Mm -hmm. If you cry and frown your face up at a baby, a baby will cry and frown his face up like, what's wrong with you? So he talks about the nature of domesticating the human animal, And part of that then is to say not only are we domesticated to be acceptable in society, whatever that looks like wherever we are, but we also are then domesticated with a taint (laughs) because there is a false false ideation that has been infused that is global, that it, it touches everybody with that taint. So it becomes a worse kind of, it's almost like training, it's one thing to train your dog, but it's another thing then to train your dog to fight 
And the way that they train fighting dogs is they starve them, they beat them, they stress them, tax them, and then they release them on each other until they kill each other. Right? But he talks about how you release... He talks about how you release yourself from domestication because at some point you start to realize that you have accepted or been behaving in ways that don't necessarily resonate with your truth. And you start to feel a, you know what, I just really don't like this job. It's not making me happy anymore. You know what? I'm just not in love with my spouse like I thought I would be, but I know I got married for better or for worse, but I'm just, it's not worse, but if I'm not happy. What what am I supposed to do about this? I've agreed to be married. I've agreed to be a doctor. I've agreed to do this and all of that. And so he talks about how you can kind of walk yourself back out of the way that your life looks, then reposition it so that you're making new agreements about who you are going to be. And I think that we are in a place now where societally a a lot of people are uncomfortable with the things that we have uh, agreed to as as a collective, mass incarceration, mass poverty, Um, immigration separation, all these kind of negative things, we have in many ways agreed that this is the way it's supposed to be. But now people are feeling that tension of, "Mm -mm, no, that ain't right. Mm -mm, No, that's definitely Mm -hmm. not right. And hell no, that's just wrong, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And so how we then move away from that is to make new agreements that then it starts at the individual level, that I am statement, I am going to do such and such, or I do, or I live, or I become all those kind of ways are how we shift out of the old feeling of trap and participating in something unwillingly. Many of us are unwilling to be those kind of people, and yet our society has kind of determined for us that that's what we are. And so how we can, like, really fix it is not necessarily going to protest. Of course you can if that's what you feel, um, it's not necessarily going to fight because when you turn fight energy from fight energy, you are still partaking in the dissonance. I think it's the Dalai Lama who says, you know, I'm not going to fight a war for peace because that's not how peace is achieved. You don't fight a war right. for peace. <laughs> you live peacefully and exhibit that energy to those around you, even when faced with the opposite of peaceableness, you know? Back I can, to that. I can, I, I can say, okay, I can. But there are times, and I'm not going to lie, that um, I'm going to have to fight to get my peace. You know what I mean? And in certain situations where you definitely have to, you know, you hope that you don't encounter them many times in life, but there are times where just for peace you have to fight. 
Can I ask a question what about that? Mean? So, uh, the, yeah, mm-hmm. like who are you fighting when when I when you say I have to fight for peace? It's like who are you talking about? Is it is it a particular person that's disrupting well, think, your peace, or is it someone in particular that's just rubbing you the wrong way and have has a lot of negative energy that's just not you know you have to fight them to achieve that peace, or you okay. know is, well, what is it specifically? I, I look at it even on times in individual levels and on major levels. You know, we fought several wars for just Mm -hmm. peace. You know what I mean? When we look at the Civil War itself, it was for a peace. You know what I mean? And, you know, Mm -hmm. as we went back and forth on why the Civil War was fought, you know, at the middle and at the foundation lay the stolen stolen people as well as people who were disenfranchised so on a major level i look at you know war, you know there were times when war came for peace on the individual is level it, is it i feel death like of if a we person? could have and okay another example would be eat, even economically, the the Louisiana Purchase itself, you know what I mean? It People don't follow the trail of how that piece of property was taken from France, returned back to what we would consider the United States. And that came from war to get peace. And that was, it's direct, it was directly connected to Haiti. But I'm saying so, it's not peace if people ha- are dying. And the idea then that land is something that people who never live there decide what got done with it to the sorrow of all the indigenous people who lived on it. It's, it's not warring for peace. You know, um, we went to every war action. I believe is just a function of the the virus infected matrix that says that killing others is the way to resolve something. The and I agree. Other, but you know, the framework of your existence must be extinguished in order for whatever the purpose is to be achieved is a poison pill. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely agree on but every war is not fought for peace. You know what I mean? And that's, you know what I mean? I understand because war is something that kills everything around. It is the slaughter of the innocents. Should we not go to war is definitely a no-no because of the fallout during and after. So if we could peaceably come to a table and make the agreement, but we have, you know, again, we've had the treaties with the Native Americans where they peacefully came to the table, you know, just as they peacefully helped a people who were foreign to the land and to the weather to be able to survive. And then they had they were expected to peacefully give up 
the land that they never felt belonged to them anyway. You know what I mean? So a peacefully, you know, we would love to do everything peacefully. It would be perfect to do everything peacefully. But it, the reality is a lot of things, because of what we have, you know what I mean, we're up against to a certain, to say, the negative portion of it, you you may have you have to step out of that peaceful reaction into a one of we're not going to allow this to happen anymore, and that's going to be and it may mean war. See, I just I believe that I, the conclusion that war is an answer is based on a bad number in the equation. It's bad math. And I definitely agree. It's never a good thing, but it is a reality in certain situations. It's, you know, I mean, I it look at, you know, on the end. It, it's going to do damage. It's, it's definitely going to do damage, and the fallout is not worth it, and that's the biggest thing. You know, I read a while ago that war, you know, when you look at the actual wars and the wars that we fought, it wasn't really for what we thought it was, and it was, and the whole purpose of it was to decrease the population and to do certain things in order to do, to balance what those in power felt that there should be. You know, wars were conducted to, you know, for corporate interest and not for, you know, what we were explained it was for for terrorism. You know, I mean, we 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 know there are many wars that were done that were definitely not in a peaceful mindset, but but only in a mindset of greed. So it would be wonderful to, you know what I mean, to imagine that we could come to the table and talk peacefully, but there are certain mindsets that are in power that only understand war, taking, aggression, you know, we we encountered that in our everyday, you know, people we, you know, you've talked about how people can come in just like suck your your energy completely through. You come in, in contact with them and you felt a certain way and when you leave them, you are just down, just as down in the dumps and you have to mm-hmm. take a moment to get yourself together and even figure out why you even feel like that. And if that's something that's close to you, you go through a transition on how you're going to allow that person to physically affect you, whether or not you're going to stop being around them, whether or not you're going to stop communicating with them, you know, and also whether or not you're going to confront the situation and what you're going to say if you're confronted why you don't want to be around that person. So there's always going to be a conflict. Could we talk it out? Oh, my gosh, yes. But when you well, can't the, talk it. I I think that if a person is negative and then you respond negative, then mm-hmm. they have been successful. It doesn't matter if you're enforcing your personal boundaries and saying, you know, I want to, if your energy is negative, then it has been a successful it's drawn you mm-hmm. out into a successful interchange. It's the pulled you into the negativity. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and I, so I definitely feel you on that. To compassionately detach, right? The, again, right. it goes back into yourself, right? And one of the things Don mm-hmm. McGovern Reed talks about is the four agreements is don't take things personally and don't make assumptions. Those are two of the agreements, right? So if we realize that it is never about us, whatever other people are experiencing, that is their personal reality, and based on who and what they have experienced, they are projecting, uh, we are movie projectors, and we're the star of our own one-woman show. And don't take things personally because you just never know, and then don't assume that you understand a person's motivations for doing something. Mm -hmm. And when and you I put agree. those into place, then you can step back and say, okay, I'm not going to cuss you out because you came in and stomped all over me because that would be returning mm-hmm. negativity to you. If I see mm-hmm. you as another me, another aspect of the creator expressed that is just as viable as I am, then I can say, well, damn, you must have had some real fucked up reality happen to you. And I'm really just compassionate towards that. And I don't have to receive your negative ish. I don't have to get it on me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to detach from you and send you with a loving kiss off rather than uh, flipping you the bird, right? Yeah. And I I, I I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, that is what we can do on an individual basis, right? And then when right. you are vibrating a love, a vibrating a neutrality, that you're like, okay, I'm just going to be like water. I'm going to flow around this. I'm going to move with it. I'm not going to be boiling and I'm not going to be freezing. Then people molecularly attract to vibrations. And you would naturally then repel that negative person away from you. They would not find any exchange from you because you're happy and cheerful and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, well, damn, I just don't know why she's always so happy. I can't stand her, right? And then you don't have to worry right. about them anymore <laughs> because the law of attraction well, managed for you because of how you maintain your inner energy. The universe and the law of attraction then takes care of that externalization uh, so that you are moved away from it. That person is still going to be negative and still emitting their frequency, and that guarantee they will find other negative people then to vibrate with, right? That's why there was a group of tiki torch holders saying, you will not replace us because they found their little vibratory tribe together and they're trying to get more people to vibrate with it and they're trying to speak louder and lighter so as to attract the people to them that vibrate with that message of separation. And the response to that is not to necessarily go out and protest it because then you wind up shaking your pitchforks and torches and sending angry energy to those that are uh, sending it right back to you, and then next thing you know, you're doing it with bullets or you, you have pitchforks and you're burning each other's mm-hmm. houses down and all that. And so the mm-hmm. dynamic is completely fostered and perpetuated. But if you, as an mm-hmm. answer to that, go out and make a dinner and feed someone, 
go out and spend an hour of community service in actual action, being love in action, being compassion in action, showing the other that they are as valuable as you to you, that is what ends up making the greater difference. You know, yes, the war, yeah, like in the we, Holocaust, the we, army we fought. We fought a war about they that. They said that they bombed again, Hiroshima in order to, that. again, fight, the idea of fighting war is a mistaken concept because how are you right. going to bomb a whole Hiroshima and cause all the horrors mm-hmm. that you did to say it was necessary to end World War Two? which we all know the Jewish Holocaust was something terrible, but so was the Japanese Holocaust in response to that. Millions and millions yeah. of people died. But for the individuals who were hidden in someone's attic or under their floorboards, for the individuals who escaped through the underground network and the underground railroad of the slavery times and all those things, those were the compassion and the love and action, and to those people, that person was the world. That person right. who agreed to risk themselves not to fight to kill, but to risk their themselves and sacrificing, in some cases, their own lives, not to a bullet on the battlefield, but to arrest and for harboring a fugitive. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. is what the energy Excuse me, I believe that makes the greater difference, and especially if we are reaching a point, there's a tipping point that we've already, I believe what they say at the Harmonic Convergence in 1987 was a massive meditational event that was global. And at that point, they say that we as a collective had enough energy to spark our ability to join a higher frequency that exists in the galaxy. And so since that harmonic convergent, it was like we graduated to say, you know what, enough of you believe in peace, love, and harmony that we're going to go ahead and the needle is going to shift to this side of the balance and it is going to grow ever more increasing in weight as the years and the decades go on. And now we're, what, four decades? My math is bad. Like three decades away from that. And in another hundred years, then we'll be a century away from that, but more grains of sand are going to continually be added to the side of the light. And things that, like books like that and things like YouTube channels and conversations between friends that are comparing notes and uplifting each other are the things that are adding to the grains of sand on that side of the meter. And we will eventually eradicate the idea that war and indiscriminate killing of people or that warring against our environment, indiscriminate killing of the oceans and the air and the rivers and the trees is not the answer either. And we will eventually, probably not in our lifetime, but in our children's children's and going forward, it will ever be vibrating higher and higher as we get rid of those false ideas of separation. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I definitely agree. And as a history buff that I am, I I, I feel exactly that we're going in that in that in that process of evolution. But I also look at it as we had to go through certain things in order to get to ready ourselves for that. You know what I mean? We had to go to through a time of reappreciating who and what we are. You know what I mean? And that's what the prayers of the ancestors who were able to live in a time where that was such are calling are you know, calling back to say, Okay, this is a reality and you're going to go, you know, further than we did. You know what I mean? Here I remember the the lady that uh couple weeks ago talked about, you know, taking care of our ancestors' karma and this being the time where a lot of those chains were broken, you know, and I look at as we as a nation has grown, there were certain things that we had to learn to appreciate again in our forward movement into power in our own little Tower of Babel into reaching a God status. So in order for us to get to where we at, we're at now, we had to go through some. What was what's the analogy that they use in church, Joel, about the sifting of the weed or the um, purifying of the metal? Where you know there is a process that you have to go through, and the process is harsh, you know. But once you get through burning all or the pressing of the olives, yeah, yeah. You burning everything off the the finished project is magnificent, and I look at our society, yes, we there were certain things we had to go through in order to get where we were where we're at now and i I have ceased to look at it as a negative and more as this is what you know again, when I started learning about you you know. You help me open my eyes to contracts and what we come back for and different things like that. You start to see how everything flows perfectly. There had to be, even in the transfer of information, certain things had to happen. If you look at it historically, how things went, one thing that we <laughs> that we did is we lost in the materialistic in the movement from agricultural ages into industrial ages into now our technology age we kind of lost a little bit of we lost that there you go with that virus you know what i mean kind of got infected so it was time but we had to learn it again so to make sure we don't continue making the mistakes so slavery had to happen in order, oh, and so many people could be so ticked at me for saying that, in order for certain things to flow the right way, to serve for us to be able to evolve into understanding just how unique and beautiful and connected see, that we are. See, I you know, don't necessarily subscribe to the idea. I believe that our reality has been what it has been, but... Do you have to burn your hand on the oven to understand it's hot? Not everybody nope, has sure to. sure don't. 
Right. Yep. So You're did right. slavery right. have to happen in order well, they to enslave the proving they ground? could enslave the Native Americans, we would have never had to come here. But if you look at history, when when you look at history, you see that there was a pathway. You know, between the 900s and the 1400s, you've seen a surge in information and knowledge that passed through Europe. You know what I mean? And the, uh, that was the um, the Moors when the Moors came up out of you know the west and north portion of Africa to put everybody on a level playing field as far as knowledge to understand that we were a species. But yet if you look at Herodotus in Greek and read his histories, he talks about, you know, how society was set up very, very differently than what we see today. You know, they were performing, you know, operations even back in that time that we are saying are ma- magical advances in tech, you know, in in medical history, and they were already doing it back then. You know what I mean? And that's why somewhat I'm like, okay, we did, something got lost, and there was something that had to happen. And then when you look at slavery and the spirituality, African spirituality, the matriotic ideology, the balance that you see that will come within there, like you said, old indigenous, you find it went a different way. Instead of it going north and east, slavery went west and hit the the North American and South American route. And the wealth of knowledge and spirituality that came with those remnants and with us being the remnants was very, very powerful. You know what I mean? And we're able to awaken and, and brought, you know, old information in and helped us shape this society, you know, the, the United States helped us shape South America. Even in all of its negativity, there is, the United States is the black experience. Completely. You know, and you wonder, you know, my thing is, I am in such a wall of my ancestors to have been able to live through the particular times that we had here. And part of that, able to do that, was their spirituality, whether or not it was um, constructed and blended into the Western Christian ideology, whether or what, they, they endured it. And they endured it peacefully. That peace that you speak of, that we can do, they did that peacefully. You know, Martin Luther King, he was able to rise, well, he was placed in a position to promote peaceful protest. You know what I mean? Nonviolent. One thing that is a teaching that resonates strongly with me is the idea of the Christed consciousness, and I am not speaking from a religious idea of Christedness. I'm speaking from a concept that says that we are all a Christ. 
in that we are illumined. We are aspects of the God source in the human vessel. And the idea of Jesus, the Christ, there is Joel, the Christ, Marcus, the Christ. Like I, We all have opportunity to be illumined. And what the illumined life looks like is that peace and love, that law of karma of do unto others is one of the, the kind of behavioral frameworks of the Christed ones. And they are also yeah. sometimes known as the star seeds, those who came to humanity to help uplift humanity who are oftentimes then attacked by humanity because humanity as a whole is of a lower vibration than that aspect of high creation manifestation. So therefore, be you a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King or a Christ, uh, Jesus the Christ, or Joan of Arc or any number of unnamed people who have been extinguished because they have been shining a light of illumined awareness that speaks to, I will not return your violence with violence. I will not return your idea of lack with lack because there is only infinite creator abundance and harmony. The cellular biology is in harmonic residence as we live and breathe, we are perfect symphonies, right? And so the emergence of this new consciousness or return of this consciousness as we go through this shifted time, many people are now saying, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Or, you know, I'm living this way. I'm choosing to live different. I'm realigning myself. I had a wake-up call. I started seeing things differently. I made new agreements. Whatever the languages you want to use around it, we're all having an opportunity to then become individual sparks. And that spark can either set a fire of, of destruction or it can set a fire of illumination. So I got a question. Would you, do you think that that is in parallel with the talk about the return of the divine feminine back into our, back into a patriarchal society? Well, you understand what I if mean? all if all things must, you know, we they say that nature will return itself to its its natural order if man stops messing with it, right? If it, eventually right. nature will take down a concrete building and return to the forest, right? So right. if we are returning since the 80s with the, you know, 70s was the dawn of the new age of Aquarius, and we are now moving firmly past the 2012 uh, portal into the new energy, that that which has been imbalanced is, must, and will be balanced in its back into its natural harmonious expression as those wave grains of sand we discussed earlier get on the scale of positivity and higher vibration 
then it has to pull back in feminine energy into reality because there has been an imbalance and a suppression that has been seen on many levels from the scholarly to the the, the mundane, right? I mean, it's pretty clear right. that the sexes have been unequal in terms of expression and that, you know, war is not something that women choose to do, probably because they carry babies in their bellies for nine months and no one wants to see their child or their husband go off and die over a piece of land. You know, the women would negotiate a treaty and barter for exchange of, you know, let's we'll, we'll hunt on these plains while you hunt over here, but no one wants to give up their offspring and their labor unto death. Uh, females, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I may be making a blanket statement, but I just don't believe that that is a feminine expression of energy. So and I don't we're either. outsized in our masculine response to things, but we're not to demonize the masculine because there is a needfulness in masculine and feminine, but they have to dwell in harmony, harmonious yes, balance. I agree. Creation, yes. you know, it, right. uh, it, there, there's both sexes in animals that then don't have, you know, that become like frogs, where they can create amongst themselves, but there still has to be a, a chromosome of a male and female of that species in order to procreate. So we are absolutely right. moving into a more balanced and harmonious expression of what it has meant to be human. And, you know, I am very much excited about that. You know, we're back to the beginning of the conversation with why I'm excited. It's because... There is new knowledge coming in that talks about how we can manifest our reality, and then we're learning about things like the laws of attraction. We're learning about things such as vibration and frequency and the mathematics and the science of the the music of the spheres and the stars. And all of these new things are coming in in science where they're discovering There is new strands of DNA, you know, three-stranded DNA instead of two-stranded. They're discovering more chakras, you know, instead of seven chakras. That explains why I'm so weird. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was stuff that was already known. This is stuff that was already in place. Some of it, but some of it not, because some of it is evolutionary, Right, they say that when we went through the portal in 2012, went through the galactic center, we are now in a part of the galaxy that we are receiving um, ions, molecules from parts unknown, and it is changing the species of plants that are coming. It is changing the species of how humans are coming into things, and we don't have a template for it. We're really in new territory. And that's why you know, I saw a video on YouTube the other day. There was a guy holding out his hand, and he would make the dollar jump off the table into his hand. You know, now he was smoking a big fat blunt when he was doing it, so I wonder oh, what yeah. he was smoking when he did it. <laughs> but, I mean, he was, like, literally manifesting movement of the everyday into his hand. And, you know, we tease and say things like X-Men and the mutant kids and things like that. But yeah. evolution mm-hmm. is mutation. 
So for the fact that, you know, every week I'm able to have a show and interview a different psychic person who has discovered how to connect with higher guidance, source, self, ghosts, spirits, entities, alien, extraterrestrials, 20 years ago, I couldn't have had a radio show on weekly basis with week after week of people lined up to come tell their stories. It was Sylvia Brown and John Edwards and Edward Casey, fewer and far between. Even though those gifts might have been actually manifesting, it was not mainstreaming. And now we have a flowering of abilities. We have an increased expansion of our awareness, just as our science is now becoming aware that energy is a thing, that prayer is a thing, and it has measurable impact on stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about this time. And if we're about to accelerate into a higher where it's going to come faster and faster because the tipping point has been reached and eventually it's going to be an avalanche that carries us over, up, and out of the negativity of the old paradigm, I'm all for it, you know. Yes. Now, I do want to say we've yes. got some callers who've been listening in on the air. If you want to come on and join the conversation, just press the one key and I'll bring you on in to make your contribution. I'm so appreciative of you listening to us chop it up this evening on the Vibrarian Show. We're just kind of having a conversation about current affairs and where we're at. And if you want to share where you're at, what your vibration is, what you're noticing around you, definitely just hit the one key and I'll bring you on to join us for our last, we're down to our last half, about 25 minutes or so of the show. So, you know, uh, Marcus, I know we've been uh, edging out the male patriarchy in our little conversation here. I want to give you an opportunity (laughs) to put the two cents in. (laughs) You're so easygoing. You're usually like, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, that's because I I, I grew up. (laughs) underneath some very strong and powerful women and you know and even though uh, I might be a man with with uh, all the equipment you know I know that my strength and my inner spirit you know and everything else my gift comes from the women so um, I'm in agreement I'm in in agreement with that so you know uh, my mother is a very powerful woman my grandmother is a very powerful woman my great grandmother was a very powerful woman, and to have three in a row like that, that I could see the beauty and I could see the gifts in all three of them, and even though they couldn't see it in each other, you know, that's just, it's, it, to me, it's amazing, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, jump in and, and, and say, you know, beat on my chest and say, hey, what about the patriarchy? You know, no, it, it, I think most of the gifts that this earth has received have, have been from women, so. And where are you on the on the war thing? I know you asked Monica about her fighting. You know, how do you fight fire with fire? Or which uh, dynamic well, what do made, you express in your? What made me ask, and what what I, I was kind of um, kind of feeling when it came to that? Um, think about what has created the biggest divide. In, in this country, and that was the past election. You know, um, a lot of people now are very bold and more outspoken and willing to put themselves out there and say, yeah, I feel this way, and, hey, I feel that way, 
But, you know, the the minute you say, oh, okay, you're racist, no, I'm not racist. I believe in God and I'm a Christian. You know, it, it's always mm-hmm. one of those situations where uh, everyone is walking on eggshells these days. And, and you know, it's, it's crazy because, like, I, I've always straddled the fence when it came to politics, you know, it. I always used my gut feeling, whether I liked a politician or not. I didn't care what their party was, you know. I always wanted to see, well, what do I think about this, this person as a person, you know. And and it, and it's, it's brought me back and forth across the line, you know. And it's like, why is it so split down the middle? And and so I'm I'm that way with religion, you know. I, I'm very much so a believer in God and God's gift and what he does for, for you know, us here on this planet. But I but I I firmly dislike organized church and and going into a service in the church and and then you know it's all about the money and they want you to plant a seed of two hundred and fifty dollars and this and that and do this and do that and it's all about the money the money the money and they say well you know we. We, you, you know, we know you're afraid of joining the church, and it's up. Uh, you don't think it's about money, and I'm like, well, it is, you know. <laughs> so, but you enjoy the, the the service and stuff. It's like uh, there's so much divide and negativity going on, and people used to be afraid to announce who they were, you know. But nowadays, folks, they really don't care. You know, they they grab their tiki torches and they say, you know, here I'm not. I'm not wearing a hood. You can take a picture of me. I don't care, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's how, you know, when I was saying, you know, um, that negative thing, it could be a negative relationship. It could be someone that's, you know, nagging at you and bothering you and all this other stuff. And when, the way I basically deal with that is uh, I used to react. And like you said earlier, when you react to someone being negative, you give them the power. You jump right into that swimming pool of negative poop, and you swim along with them. And, and it's because they pulled you in. Now uh, I know that whenever I get something negative, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what was that about? And why did they say that? And why they, couldn't they just have done this or just said that, you know? And, and then I say, well, you know, I'm going to love on you. And and I'm gonna take the higher road. It's like you said, you want to be that flow of water that flows around them, and you don't jump into the pool with them because they pull you down to their level. And um, it's interesting. I saw uh, I can't remember the man's name, and they were asking him what he thought about it was a beef between two rappers or something, and what they thought you know about the situation. And he basically said, "You never punch down." No matter what the situation is, what you're dealing with, you never punch down. If you're at a level where you are in control of your life, you know what's going on, things are good, you realize you're blessed and things like that, and someone attacks you or does something negative and you engage them, you're punching down. They're not on your level. Right. So for you to join them and get into that negativity, you're basically punching down at them. It's like you're sitting on a horse, but you're punching down on somebody standing on the ground. You know, you shouldn't even ever worry about punching down. Worry about what's on your level and above, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I was I was trying to see if it was something specific or a person individually that someone, you know, like if someone did something, you know, like I was, I was asking like more so what is it, what is it that thing that someone did or what is it that someone had said or, you know that that 
that, you know, got on your bad side that made you react to say you want to go to war with someone, you know, for your peace. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it makes sense. And thank you for not calling me out. And um, (laughs) Joel, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Thank you for not calling me out. But, and that's where I get my sense, you know, sometimes you got to go to war just to get your peace. But that is uniquely, not uniquely for me, most definitely not for me, but part of my journey and the person that I that I am. That you know, gosh, I'm 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 very very peaceful. I'm I'm such a peaceful person. People just don't understand. I have a huge heart, but in my walk. Love became extremely tough, and okay. you sometimes you got to match as as lightly and as that beautiful glowing light that you want to be. Sometimes you got to meet them at their level, just to let them know I can do this. I choose not to, but if you push me there, this is what we're going to meet. And that's what I say. You know, I'm very very careful. And and being truthful when I say certain things because of my experience, because I did the, that. That no. That goes. To but that it's my experience. Rope. Yeah. Right, but that goes to that tightrope again. If you are in a wide beam and you can walk across it without stress and mm-hmm. with ease and confidence and feel safe and secure and not that you're going to lose your life, then your your journey is easier and it's easier for you right. to respond then in a neutral form. Yeah. But then we come back to those externals, that which but is I love outside you. of us, the change. I love you how... in the midst of it. I love you in the midst of it, if I, if I got to beat you, I still yeah. love you, but I'm going to yeah, have to beat I you. Love you. What you and, I, and I'm going to help you get up. And, and, and tend to your wounds, but you're gonna learn that ain't the avenue to walk down no more. That that's been there's a there's a the bridge has been completely washed out on that particular avenue. You know what I mean? And see, on that I particular have, portion of my life, so I have you can, learned to. I have learned that if we are infinite beings, and I firmly believe that I am, I have awareness of past lives and of myself, then I do not have to worry about your karmic return. Though you may yet slay me, you know what I'm saying, or persecute, Uh crucify, whatever, if I lose my life, if you steal all my belongings, if you harm me, it may suck. It may really, really suck and be hard, but I don't have to then respond by then taking someone else's stuff or harming another person because I'm going to get a chance to experience that in another lifetime down the road yeah, here. And I definitely agree. You know, I definitely agree. That's the lessons yeah. of soul growth and development. That's why I said, okay, now you, you may need to touch this. For some people, they're taxed out. They need to touch the stove and realize it's damn hot. 
other people can observe other people touching the stove and realize, I don't need to feel that because they went to hollering. Right. I don't need to touch whatever that is. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to go get locked up. I don't need to go fight in a war. I don't. Whatever that is, I can Can I throw observe. something in right there, Joel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was just sharing a story today with a, a lady that I, as a kid, um, outside of having imaginary friends and talking to myself and everything else, I was uh, like a little bit of a pyrokinetic. <laughs> but, oh, no. Um, fire. I, 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 fire. I, I, I was fascinated <laughs> with fire as a kid. I don't know what it was, but I, I had to play with it. If I looked at it a certain way, I thought it would move the way I told it to move, and I just, I just felt like fire was everything to me. And and it was especially like the way certain things would burn. Um, and I don't know what that was attached to or what it meant, but my grandmother stopped me from all of that because she got fed up one day and she was like, we're going to have a discussion about this fire and these fires. And I had burned up closets with uh, my godmother's clothes all in there from fresh from her shopping with her tax return money. Uh, trash cans. I, I never got a house, you know, burned down, but I've I done some burnings, you know. <laughs> it was it was a mess. But she literally took me to that stove in the kitchen and uh, hollering, kicking, and screaming, and she stood me in front of that stove and took my hand and put it over that fire. And mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was in pain and hollering and screaming. It was more like I realized as I looked at my hand turn turn a, a deep dark red, you know, and, and she was saying, you know, this can kill you. This can hurt you and kill other people. This can hurt other exactly. people. And I had to learn that lesson in the physical with my hand over that fire more than once and, and for quite a while each time, you know, before I it sank in that I wasn't gonna play with fire anymore. Well, and as you're telling me that, what I firmly believe is this, Marcus, and I don't know if this is my psychic channel opening here, but... Well, go ahead and let it flow. I'm saying as a, you know, as an infinite soul being, if you were wielding the flame elemental energy in a past lifetime where you could snap your fingers and the violet flame come forth, a white flame, if you were working in a construct that is not based on our current understanding of human rules, and you brought mm-hmm. forth that soul knowledge as a young person, and were like, well, the flames I've been working with in other lifetimes didn't burn stuff down. They had different properties. It may have been you needed to learn as a human in this present manifestation that fire operated differently than what you felt what it was supposed to be doing. Because maybe in Atlantean times or on Sirius or one of your other uh, star seeded realities, you were actually not being burnt by fire and were moving it with your telekinetic uh, intention, right? Mm-hmm. So you had yeah, to learn, this is, the rules. this is the rules here. <laughs> this is the rules yeah. this time around, old soul. Yes, yes. old soul, right. you, had, you were able to do this in the past. But and you know what, time, what else I just, mm-hmm. you know what else I just thought of to add it to that? 
as a kid, and during that same time period, my godmother used to take me, she babysitting me during the day, and she would take me into um, her daughter's bedroom, and she had a record player in there, and they would put an album on, and, and I would listen and sit there and stand in front of that, that record player and sing that whole album until it went from the beginning all the way to the end and come back in there and pull on her skirt, you know, to take me back in there and start the album over. And I was listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> that oh, was, I know. That was my that. favorite. I knew that was my favorite you I knew it. It was Earth. It was Earth, Wind, and Fire. I, I could not. Say that. I didn't. I that was my babysitter for like two years. Was was mm-hmm. I, I forgot which album it was, but I would listen to the whole album and play it from start pick to finish. Pick one. And right, you can <laughs> even just literally pick, pick one because they were so And when you listen yes. to their lyrics, they're talking about like yeah, they talk about the higher being. They talk about They talk about three. You know, one of my favorites is fantasy, and we will live together until the twelfth of never. You know, I'm saying, come away with me. Fantasy is my favorite song by them. Yeah, that's my favorite song by them. Yeah. But I you have, have to I, learn. I had forgot about I had forgot about that until I grew up and I started um maybe like seven eight years ago started getting back into music and and I went to a concert and the Earth Wind and Fire was there and I mean I stood there with my jaw on the floor but from the moment they walked out to the moment they left I literally left after they did I didn't care about who else was coming up you know and and I was like how do I know all these words and these songs and all stuff and my mom was the one who rem- reminded me. She said, you didn't remember a lot. You remember that they baby, basically babysitted you for like two years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all you had to do was play the album, and you would stand in front of that, that record player and sing and dance the whole album and until it was over, and you could barely speak. But that was the way that you communicated with music, and it was earth and fire. Yep. And that's I mean, a constant player in fantasy. my house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Constant mm-hmm. player, it no matter what album my parents brought it, yep, and played it consistently. I love them. Yep. Still do. That song, Fantasy, when you look at the album covers of Earth, Wind, and Fire, but when you listen mm-hmm. to the lyrics, he says, you know, uh, every man has a place. In his heart, there's a space, and the there's world can't erase his Fantasy, fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Take a ride exactly. in the sky on a ship. Fantasize, all Fantasize. your dreams will come true right true. away. Right, right away. away. Mm-hmm. Every thought is a dream rushing by in a stream, bringing life to the kingdom of doing. Right? That mm-hmm. is what so we're on. talking about here. We are the manifestors of our reality. And we can either live in the reality that's created for us, almost like animals in a zoo, or we can release ourselves from that construct, exit the matrix, and realize that our thoughts about stuff. So if we match a thought of negativity, if we respond with the thought of uh, unlovingness, we are creating a reality for ourselves that is going to have that resonance. So mm-hmm. manifest for yourself with this eclipse energy. They're talking about how this is the perfect uh, opportunity for us to clear out and the things that we need to forgive, the things that bother us, we need to release those, 
and only focus on that which is high vibration, as if it is already here, if our reality is not matching the high vibration that we want for ourselves. That's what this eclipse energy was about, moving into 5D vibration, right? So now we have the opportunity when we wake up in the morning and when we go to bed at night to reset our framework and take the controller of the game rather than them being responders to the game that is around us. Now, that doesn't mean that we can, you know, that we're going to have a new president or political system tomorrow or anything like that, but how we experience what the reality is shifts when our vibration shifts, and then we will bring others with us on that ship, you know, into a higher vibration. And if we don't, then it's not for them to come with us. We still can exist in that loving place. We don't have to. We can reach our hand out and down, but we don't have to then go dwell in it because it will pull us back down into the negative vibration if we try to go like undercover back into the matrix to do our work there. We're supposed to mm-hmm. exit the matrix, vibrate, and magnetize those who can be drawn out, that have eyes to see and ears to hear, that they will come around us magnetically from the law of science. It's interesting mm-hmm. because I'm reading here that Maurice wrote um, fantasy after he saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was wow. his inspiration, yeah. right? <laughs> was, a, you know, I mean, those brothers was deep. You know, Vernet, Ver, is it Vernet or Vernell? Verdell, Verdell, yeah. Yeah, he, the, he was into it all. You know, when he talks about the things that you know, he talks about chakras. He talks about traveling the world and going to the different places. He was a very spiritual person. Both of them were. You know, man, I was, you know, and again, we look at how music, you know, from the drums that we use to communicate to the, you know, the beat and the bass and the lyrics that help us and bring us into a higher vibration that call to those who, like, I remember, uh, Are You Yet Asleep? You mm-hmm. know, and those songs call to some to some of us to say, okay, this is what, you're going through this is what is going this is what's happening this is what is possible you know what i mean and right. when you don't have you know we look at children and there is no boundaries a kid will drop you know watch superman and go and dive off a roof and there was a kid that did that that's the only reason why i'm giving that example but mm-hmm. dive off a roof because in their mind they can fly now gravity does play a big part in this whole thing and the schematics of Superman but who is to say that that wasn't talking to some something in him or a past life whatever, or, or even a future that said that he's going to have that ability just like that pyrokinetic mm-hmm. you know maybe in this like she said in this life you had to learn how destructive it can be Though you can control it, you know what I mean, there has to be a mastery in controlling because this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. 
Another you know question. I mean? You don't well, understand what it burns. If you if it doesn't burn you, you have to understand how it affects other people. Okay. I have another question. Now, when it comes to mm-hmm. astrology, I'm not big on, uh, you know, people have different sayings and everything, but I believe I was told, aren't Libras, is, is that an air sign or earth? I think that's an air sign, right? Yeah, air sign, air sign, yes. It's an air sign. And and I always mm-hmm. thought that it was really strange that every time I dream, and no matter what the dream is, what the scenario is, I'm always having this ability to fly in my dreams. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm if I'm chased by a zombie, if I'm, you know, following some people, if I decide, hey, I want to go see my folks back home in Detroit, I I literally walk out the house, fly up in the air, and I look at the expressways and say, okay, I'm going to follow that one because that mm-hmm. goes north. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I literally fly to where I need to go. And it's yeah. every single time, when especially when, I, you know, maybe 30, 40% of your dreams you have, you actually remember. But all of the ones I remember, right. I'm always having this ability to fly. And I, I'm just fascinated with flight. Flying, flying, flying. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there's a connection to that. What is it? Yeah, yeah. um, yes. But couldn't you wrap up this show? Okay. That was my question. Well, was, couldn't, you all, couldn't your other part be flying as it's moving well, in a dream state? There is earth, wind, and fire. I'm fascinated with the earth. I was so, hey. Elemental. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love I love the ocean. I love everything. You know, I, I I I but I'm really big on flights all the time when I'm dreaming. Um, I I was fascinated with fire as a child, and not anymore. And I really don't care for fire now. But um, as a child, that was a big thing. And I've always been about the earth, different areas, different parts of the earth, different weather patterns. You know, the climate, and if it's warm, if it's cold. You know. I want to do a winter cruise to see whales up north in Alaska. You know, I want to I want to go to Italy where I heard the the oceans are like this pure pure blue crystal colors and you know yeah. it's just I you know travel and everything. I, I'm very about the earth, like you said with 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 the brother from um, Earth Wind and Fire. It's like I want to go everywhere. I want to see everything, and 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 that's just a part of me. It's a spiritual thing, I believe. I say who's to well, say you aren't yeah. already doing it <laughs> in your subconscious. You're moving already. Yeah, I, I, believe, well, I believe that too. I have to thank both of you. We're in our last two minutes here, a minute and a half, so I'm going to wind down the conversation for this evening. This has been the oh, Vibrarian oh. Show, and I've been joined by Marcus and Monica. Thank you, both of you, for coming on and having a conversation with me this evening. I appreciate you so much. Oh, no problem at all. My pleasure. That's the M&M connection. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I will be back next Thursday for another conversation on the Vibrant Show. And on Tuesday on the same channel, I'm going to have the Psychic Inside Show. And I believe my guest coming up is uh, Janet Raftis, who is another amazing psychic healer. And we've got some great topics coming up. We're going to be talking about extraterrestrials and ghosts on some future episodes of Thursday's show. So I hope that you will definitely tune back. And as I'm going to take you out here, we're going to have us a quick moment. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it in the background, but I've got a little earth, wind, and fire playing. And we're going to go off into the <laughs> land of fantasy. 
Yes. I, I was I was hoping you would do that. Thank you. <laughs> I just don't have good sound because you know I'm in my little home studio. But I hope all of you listen to uh, some Earth, Wind, and Fire tonight and realize that you are creating your own reality and there is time opportunity like never before for us to do this. Oh, I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah, I can. Yes. <laughs> in the sky. That's right. So this is in the right. Brain Show. I'm wishing you all of the hope and happiness and blessings to abundance that you can have from now until the next time we talk again. This has been the Vibrant Show. Namaste. Namaste.